I'm Fathery. This is Brian. And this is Starfleet Poems. And this is Text Trek. Engage. Welcome back aboard the Starship Texas for the 151st installment of the Tech Trek podcast, the home of Star Trek fandom from deep in the heart of Texas, where we have deep talks about Star Trek. Uh, even when uh, we're not, we're not not at home. I'm not in Texas. I'm currently in Nevada because I am attending STLV or 55 Year Mission or whatever you want to call it. Uh, but yes, <laughs> I'm, I'm here at the con in cosplay for those of you watching me. I am representing the Texans. <laughs> I'm still in Texas. We have our Florida I'm man. at a choo-choo. Yeah, I'm at a choo-choo concert. <laughs> <laughs> but it was new Star Trek that brought us together. We have uh, once again arrived at that time. I mean, we have a, a season premiere. Lower Decks season two is back, and we now have this uh, this endless constant supply of star trek on the horizon this might be the, the beginning of something very special we might be getting I, I there probably will be like some gaps here and there in the next year i think but i think that like the next 12 months like from this point forward mark my words like i think that's that's gonna we're gonna have like the most star trek we've had in decades bring it yeah we're <laughs> yeah. ready we're ready for it you better bring it <laughs> but yeah the uh the episode that we are talking about uh, Strange Energies, written by Mike McMahon, the showrunner himself, and directed by Jason Zurich. Uh, the synopsis reads, the USS Cerritos is dispatched on a mission where it ends up in a sci-fi event resulting in strange energy, in quotation marks, uh, which Commander Ransom inadvertently absorbs. Yeah, basically Ransom turns into a Gary Mitchell-esque godlike being. And Mariner and Freeman kind of have some mother-daughter disagreements as they work to try to uh, resolve that issue and get Ransom back to normal and protect the uh, the, the planet that this is happening on. Um, we also <laughs> had like a B story with Tindy and Rutherford. So I think we should each just give uh, an opening statement and kind of express our broad feelings about the episode. And then we'll break it down like we do on Text Trek and talk about it in more detail. I don't have... Any screenshots, by the way, for the uh, the visual audience, the people who watch us on YouTube or on the Facebook streams or wherever. So sorry, I've been busy at the convention. I'm using my mobile emitter up in the hotel. I don't have my normal setup or resources, but uh, but hang in there. We'll we'll be back in action with all of that next week, hopefully. But yeah, um, Starfleet Boims, would you like to give us the first opening statement? How did you feel about this episode, Strange Energies? Sure thing. But really quick, I just want to give a shout out to uh, 
f pairs in the audience that's a great <laughs> <laughs> yeah joe would be the great uh, uh she, she goes on to say i prefer nectarines and who doesn't i just got a whole box of dried nectarines delivered to me today by oh yeah <laughs> uh i so now i've watched it about three or four times actually four times already and it's uh it's it's really delightful i uh at first i wasn't sure if it was a strong opening or i don't know what i was expecting i was expecting maybe some you know some more spectacle perhaps but it was pretty spectacular but after watching it three times and and getting a lot of the gags and just like really like living in it i'm just like you know what i'm so happy Lord X is back. I love this show. It makes me laugh so much. And it's like all day I'm just thinking about the gags and like people are like, why do you have a smile on your face? And the answer should be I had sex last night. But no, it's because lower <laughs> it's because lower decks made was really, really funny. And so uh so just to I'm just I'm just excited to see what comes this season. Uh we we just get some zany craziness, a lot of great references as we always do, uh, and and I don't even know how it pulls it off, but the show manages to be both parody and reverential. So uh, I'm just I'm excited. <laughs> okay, very very positive reactions from down in Florida. Yeah, Brian, <laughs> Brian back in uh, the ATX and the up in the five one two. I guess technically, technically he's in Pflugerville. But this is the most spread out awesome. text trek in a while. Like, yeah, like yeah, covering. I think so. It might be. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what was uh, what was the reaction uh, in the uh, the Brian Swift living room to watching this? Um, I have to admit, I was not wowed by it. It's not bad. It's not terrible. But if I try to imagine what a standard maybe even dare I say paint by numbers uh, lower decks episode would look like it would probably end up looking like this. I, I, um, I mean, there was definitely moments I was laughing out loud. I, I, I won't deny that, but there, they weren't as often as even most of the episodes from season one, I think. Um, and well, there was a definite attempt to put some sort of sub uh, kind of have some sort of grounded substance to the episode, I felt that the A plot at least fell fairly flat and I definitely ended up being a much bigger fan of the B plot on this one. Um, to, to, to boil it down to a simple sentence, the Gary Mitchell gag gets is funny to begin with, but gets old way before they stop hitting you over the head with, look, it's like Gary Mitchell over and over and over again throughout the episode. And I, I got, I was like, okay, it's not really funny anymore. We, we should do something different or move on, or maybe somebody else should ascend and then they could have the gods fighting or something. And it's, <laughs> Um, so yeah, not terrible, but I guess I would, uh, you know, I, I distinctly average, disappointingly average for the season premiere. Well, my reaction is probably going to skew a little closer to Brian's. Uh, I had a lot of fun watching this episode and like Soho, I was thrilled to have Lower Decks back. Um, but it also reminded me some of the things that the show does that bothers me, uh, specifically like a couple of times when like the serious stakes are played for more jokes and more comedy than anything else. You know, there's a couple of times where I was thinking like, okay, the captain should be much more concerned about this. There's like a civilization that's in danger or 
uh, wow, like this is really the time y'all are going to sit and have like this heart to heart conversation when there's like a giant space god outside of the windows attacking the ship. It it just needs to be more serious with some of that that high <laughs> drama stuff. And I think it could do that and still be funny. It does that on occasion, but it's something that I just have to get used to and accept <coughs> with lower decks. I've largely made my peace with that. And, you know, watching this episode a couple of times, I would remind myself the show has to be both a Star Trek show and an animated comedy. And sometimes the stuff I expect from a Star Trek show will be sacrificed at times to serve the greater good of the being an animated comedy. And it's just like how sometimes Star Trek Discovery does stuff that bothers me, but it's part of the sacrifice they make because they want to be like that prestigious modern show that that looks so cool and is all these overwhelming visuals and mm. And it's a bit JJ. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and sometimes, you know, Discovery is going to sacrifice what I expect for a Star Trek show in order to uh, satisfy that other part of its identity. Yeah. And it, it's it's something that I've, I've largely made my peace with. I had mm. an overall positive experience, but I, I would think it is fair to say this was more of a, of a typical Lower Decks episode. It wasn't um, wasn't anything special, like worthy of being a season opener, in my opinion, which it's okay. That's how, you know, Star Trek season starts sometimes. So yeah. not, not a big deal. But yeah, over, overall, a, a little mixed, but uh, a slightly more on the positive side for me. Um, I do think when you talked about there's not, it doesn't feel like they're taking the threat seriously. I realized that's part of it. I was actually a bit concerned about and unable uh, about the, the, the B plot and what was going to happen in the B plot as far as uh, Rutherford's relationship with Tendi and whether or not it would be, you know, damaged beyond repair by all of this, or it wouldn't be beyond repair, but if it would take a few episodes to fix, or if they were going to pack, put this all back together by the end of the episode. Whereas I felt no sense of stakes whatsoever with the A plot. Uh, And so, yeah, I guess to some degree they, yeah, taking it seriously, uh, the plot they took seriously, I cared about. So, um, it, it is hard to uh, it, it is hard to like get that investment in it because like we know as the audience, like we know that like these things they they play for jokes. They're not going to kill anybody. Like no one's going to die. Yeah. Well, well, I thought they're not going to kill <laughs> Ransom in the premiere after killing Shax at the finale. Right, they're, the finale they're not going right. to. <laughs> they're not. They're not going to kill those aliens on the planet. Because like the the only time only time we see people die in Lower Decks is when they're trying to make the pack leads into a big threat. Anything they play for humor, no one ever dies. When they turned into zombies, no one died. When they got the ship attacked by and invaded by like the crystal people, no one died. So, yeah, and, and I like that. I think it's not funny if people die, especially in Star Trek. But sometimes it seems like the characters know that, too. Like, Captain Freeman didn't seem, like, too concerned that, like, the civilization was in danger or anything else. You know, she's more concerned about, like, looking good in front of the Admiralty. She's, she's just like, get this fixed and, and in a hurry and beam back up. It's a comedic take on what probably would happen in quote unquote real life, you know, not a cartoon life where second contact missions wouldn't be that dangerous. You'd you'd expect them to be very routine and very like, you know, like, like, um, you know, just like commonplace, like, oh, we're just going to like 
you know, tie up the paperwork and, and, you know, help these out. So like, I think that that's why she probably, that's just a hyperbolic comedic version of what might be a real attitude of a captain, like they, like a captain styles or, a, or a captain Esteban type person. I, I feel you like, know, like... someone going godlike and attacking the ship yeah. though. That's like, okay, it's time to like, get this serious. Yeah. We need I, a I couple think... of wide eyed reactions. It's true. Yeah. I, I think I am going to have a new category when I'm reviewing episodes from season two, which is going to be the, is this really the prime timeline category where something oh, happens no. that I just cannot <laughs> imagine not, happening. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's, it's prime timeline. Uh, I know, I know, but that it, 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 when, no, the point where it hits me we, we and I'm busy thinking about that instead of thinking about what's going on on the screen. I, I can totally <laughs> and in relate. This one, in <laughs> this can... one, it was the, sh the things are all going to hell on the planet. And the captain goes in and tells the admiral, we're all fine here. How are you? And <laughs> I'm like. What Starfleet captain would possibly like not to make this work? All of this has to not be in the log entries, or the admiral just has to be fine with the captain lying to them. These are the only two outcomes we're getting: is all of this has to be banned from all everybody's log entries, or you know. And I'm just like, what? I don't know if you, you guys could have. The, I don't know if you guys heard the thunder, but Ransom's very angry. Brian, oh, no. Yeah, was, oh, we like, could use some thunder and rain here. It's hotter than hell. Um, he's angry at Miami a lot. Yeah, yeah. There. There's a lot of reasons to be angry at Miami. It's true. Yeah. Everything else I was able to, okay, they're going to be, they're, they're going to do all the things. It's just going to be a bit silly, but that just, that wasn't just a bit silly. That was just impossible to imagining, imagine in a world with Picard and Janeway and Cisco. Uh, at least to me. So, but I, I'll say to defend that is that how many times did Kirk kind of do similar things where he, I, I mean, the best move for her would have been like, tell them I'll call them back. Like, that's it. Yeah, you know, yeah. like, it's that would have been funny. It would have been funny that she's blowing, you know, which admiral is it? Oh, it's this. Ad oh, tell them I'll call them back. Exactly. You know, that, that would have been funny. And yet it makes sense. She's got this problem to deal with. She does not have, there's no way the admiral can help. So telling the admiral is not going to solve this pro is just going to delay the solution to this problem. So I'm making an executive decision to solve the problem first, then talk to the admiral fine you know <laughs> but to it be an animated show... comedy they they'll want to have they'll want to have something more get... funny there so and also well yeah does... but but finding out which admiral it is and then once she learns who it is telling them that this admiral you could just put on hold i'll talk to them later that is kind of funny and that's something i just came we just came up with in like 10 seconds if we thought about it we could probably even come up with a funnier way for her to, for her to put the admiral on hold and it, let me, let also... me point out let me let me just point out real quick sorry yeah, sure. ones, but no I just want to say that mine and Antonia's niece is watching right now on her mom's Ooh. phone. It looks like, so oh. I'm hoping that she makes it to her flight back to Sacramento because that's where she should be going right now. So just wanted to nice. say hi to Savani. But yeah, what, what were you saying, Starfleet boys? And then we oh. need to move on to the yeah, episode. yeah. Uh, I'll keep it brief. Um, I was just saying that um, it does reveal about Captain Freeman, like 
uh interesting character traits like how how she's actually quite insecure and like she's really trying hard to impress her it's it's by the way the 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 bad move is why why would you assign her husband to her as her admiral like there should be it should be like admiral nechev or something people, like that but... people, people in starfleet are have spouses in their command structure all yeah the time. that, yeah, that does right? happen all the time yeah. it does happen all the time i guess so i guess so. well but maybe still, not like... all the time but often enough that we can't say this is where they drop the ball <laughs> i i would well i would just say i'm just saying like it is odd that he's like her her admiral like it should be necheyev or someone else in my mind but anyways the the point is it does reveal who, who do you also think, who do you think is troy's boss on the titan oh yeah duh that's true or, okay yeah, yeah. good point, good <laughs> point. Jad, although Jadzia, actually jadzia reported to warp on ds9 oh i forgot okay okay you're putting me putting me in my place there <laughs> but but regardless it does reveal her uh her like um insecurity and also like you know she's trying to she's trying to get promoted and, and get a better ship basically and so she she'll do anything at this point to get out of this situation <laughs> her including mom's like, <laughs> her mom's like freeman's like huh, nothing i do will get uh, my mariner to transfer to another ship so i I'm will gonna... have to get another ship so that to get away from her that's, that's the only... exactly it that's exactly it <laughs> and we have a comment in the live audience from parenthesis i he says both captain freeman and mariner are insecure and they keep on triggering each other in part because they are so similar i think yeah and, and ransom even makes that observation, observation that they uh yeah, yeah. They, they they both have they both have a chip on their shoulder especially uh when the other one is involved yeah and i think freeman keeps her 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 what is the word i'm trying to uh, think of here um her mischievous mischievous uh, her rascalness her rascalness contained because she feels she has to be a good captain so that because that's the job and i think she resents that her daughter gets to let all that out and that i i and that that frustrates her that she gets to see her daughter doing all the things that she probably wants to do too but she's not going to allow herself to do because this is a star trek show and she doesn't want to drive off all the viewers so it it go by, it goes by so quickly i wish the show had a little more time than like 24 minutes but they actually it looks like um uh Fr freeman does accompany mariner on these a bunch of these side missions and collects trinkets from it like mm -hmm. in that one scene she's like oh i wish you didn't keep all these like mementos from our side missions oh, so from the, the root water yeah, the root water and like a mask and things like that. Yeah. Um, as much as I love the opening, and I'm sure you're going to talk about it with the with the um, Miranda class and the escape from the Cardassian prison. I do we'll wish talk they about that right now. Let's talk about that right now. Oh, sweet. I, I love that opening so much. Like it was such an exciting opening, but I do wish that they also kind of had a, a little bit of a of a montage where they um, they just showed like what happened in the last three months, basically to kind of like show us some of that progress, like how it can be annoying to be, you know, always now being friends with your mom who you were having this adversarial relationship with. I, you do catch on to it. It's all in the dialogue and it does, it's all presented, but it, it took me three viewings to kind of like, uh, l like really tune into that. So I wish there was just a little more or the slow or the show was just a tad slower. I, I, I think it's actually pretty good at its format. And I, I think it's really figured out that that 24 minute 
format or however long the typical episode is. So I, I, I think it's um, I, I, I like the way that they they handle stuff like that. I was just glad they acknowledged they gave us the details of, oh, yeah, it has been a few months. We are yeah. in the next year. It is uh, the year 2381, not 2380 anymore. Um, but, yeah, let's talk about like that opening, the uh, the Cardassian holodeck program. Uh, right right away like the way that some of the like that that torture scene was going down it did make me feel a little bit like uh, like it kind of feels like she's not taking this seriously like and then i told myself well maybe they're just on the holodeck which is like i what i always tell myself when it's something in lower decks that like it kind of feels like it's they're not treating it as real but this time it actually was on the holodeck so that was <laughs> it worked out and i i thought it was uh it was pretty funny the way that they they used that to kind of get in Mariner's head a little bit. You know, she's talking to this Cardassian torturer. Um, it, it was very Lower Decks tradition how it was like paying homage to something iconic from the next generation. Uh, they uh, they remind us that, that Boims is there. They, they have Boims say that, Oh, I'm just the hologram, you know. I'm not the so they kind of let you figure it out that it's a holodeck program, um, and so it's like saying that from the very beginning. So that was kind of a fun reveal the way that played out, and we had so many cool Gorn eggs with with some of those <laughs> ships. And then for whatever reason, like Jennifer the Andorian, I was happy that Jennifer came back. It's like Mariner yelled at her in season one. She's like, "Shut up, Jennifer!" Or Shut up, like that. or move over. I don't. Like I don't know what she hates. Pushes. Jennifer the Endorian, but I, I. I don't know. I think that's funny. It reminds me of a uh, on Futurama, uh, Hermes and uh, what was the the Lobster Man, Doctor Zoidberg. They oh hated God, each other, and it never right. explains why. Does it? They just like always hated each other. I don't know. <laughs> I just. I just think that's funny because I guess people on a ship probably. She even points that out. Like. I know we're not supposed to have interpersonal conflicts, but I really hate that. See, I, I did notice this. They, we start off fairly meta with a deliberate. I know we're not supposed to have interpersonal conflicts, which was, of course, the Gene Roddenberry mantra that, that yeah. the writers of the 90s were always trying to dodge and work their way around. Uh, and arguably DS9 and the Maquis were created entirely to deal with that single sentence uh, that, that people in the 24th century or Starfleet officers don't have interpersonal conflicts. Um, so I, I thought it was cute. I also thought oh, that, that's definitely going a bit meta there to be quoting Roddenberry's rules in a Star Trek unit story. Uh, and they also, what I think doesn't, there was another another meta thing. Uh, Mariner says things are going a bit sci-fi. I think at yeah. one point, and I thought yeah, also later, she, yeah. hinting that she knows she's in a sci-fi show was also a bit meta, which I, I don't I mind like a little bit. Yeah, I, th that one bothered me. The sci-fi one bothered me. The interpersonal conflicts one didn't. The interpersonal one is a bit more easy to rationalize because yeah. there probably are some sort of Starfleet protocols about not letting things get out of hand. But um, though. I mean, by Mariner's standards, she not she really isn't letting that get out of hand. But the, the um, only thing that bothered me there was the the leg day joke because I was like, you know, <laughs> really? they make so many jokes about leg day, about like working out and not skipping leg day. Like, uh, oh. <laughs> I, uh, I, I did laugh when like she started doing the squats on the bridge for no reason. But yeah, it's like because it's leg day, it's like okay. I'm good on leg day jokes. Like I don't need any more. <laughs> I had forgotten all the other leg day jokes, so I actually thought that was cute. Um, I have to say personally that uh, I'm not really 
I don't really have a lot of fun working out, but if Holodex existed, that is how I would work out. Oh, <laughs> like yeah, I would hundred yeah. percent do like crazy yeah. missions and like run a lot. And, and like, you know, you it's... could put into the program. There's probably way people who write programs where you actually will get work certain muscles. The computer's right. smart enough that it could rock the ship in the right way to get you to, <laughs> to, to work those muscles. And oh, so if you tell it to do that, it probably can figure it out. Born too uh, soon, born too soon. <laughs> <laughs> I did, yeah. I did love again, and I think I mentioned this. It might have been in my top three things I wanted to see a revisit of using the holodeck as Gene Roddenberry originally intended to visualize our heroes working out their internal issues uh, as a as a literal visual thing on the screen, yeah. and we did get to see that. So uh, now they they've done it twice on on lower decks, which is quickly going to eclipse the next generation. I what they did it like two or three times total and seven years so um so i really love that i love that hollow boimler is trying to cover for real boimler but he's like it doesn't the computer doesn't have the answer so it's it just has to kind of break real break its own fourth wall and say listen i'm just a hologram i don't know i can't help you with this which was again amazing uh, the hook was is basically all win as far as i i, I i'm concerned and maybe that was part of the reason i i was more disappointed about everything else is nothing quite lived up to that hook uh that we got um i did wonder about the cardassians having an excruciator but then i decided that's probably a translation thing that it probably sounds really badass if you're is speaking it in cardassian so i i let it go <laughs> uh so how did you have any thoughts on that uh that cardassian prison escape at the beginning yeah, it was really it was really cool from a lot of perspectives uh, because there's a lot of as you say Gorneggs. You're gonna go over the Gorneggs like as we break down the scenes, or are you gonna do them at the end? Or the ones that I a... that I was able to to catch. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll do them at the end. I, okay, I cool. This, this I only watched this episode twice and get to watch it four times like you. <laughs> um, even even watching it four times, I had help from the internet. Uh, there's a couple people that love to break down the different uh things that they see the references and stuff like that uh mm -hmm. shout out to yurk and also uh aj hallowell and a bunch of folks but um but they but so i saw like a few things here and there but there's like a lot of ships in the escape scene that are like from different things there's like a runabout a delta flyer like yeah, I, think, I, I caught i, I, yeah. I caught a, a bunch of <laughs> stuff them like that. Um, we'll, so yeah I'll, it's I'll exciting and if mm -hmm. i miss any you know People we'll feel we'll free tell to you. Let me know. But aside from that, just it, it was an exciting scene. Uh, I caught on a little later the first time that it was a hologram. I I must have missed some of the cues. I didn't catch on till the Boimler gag uh, comes up, and then I'm like, oh yeah, duh. Of course it's. I was like, oh, of course it's a, a holodeck uh simulation she's in her <laughs> shorts and sneakers and, and like has a headband on and she ke seems completely non-stressed out about it also yeah it's like but it was really funny it was cool to open with um with uh mariner and 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 really get into her i i like the uh tanya newsome tweeted about how she's aggressive she she kind of has like an <laughs> aggressive crush on boimler it's like her like <laughs> that she won't admit and it comes out in this really aggressive way or whatever and so <laughs> so you could definitely see see that she misses her her best pal and like she's not happy about it but this is how she kind of pro she's not she doesn't process it just like many of her things in like the most like constructive way and so i so, i yeah go ahead 
Well, no, I, I was just, I, that was a question I did have is what exactly is she upset about? Is it something to do with mom or is it something to do with Boimler? Cause, uh, or, or is it both? And if so, what are the two things she's upset about? I, well, she's I mad, guess Boimler. She's mad that he left without saying goodbye. Okay. Fair enough. Okay. That was in the, yeah. that was in the season one finale. And, and cause there was some griping about mom as well. And, or, or I guess that was more of after the, uh, after well, yeah, the opening. The mom but, thing is, I think she feels compelled now to like, like because uh, Carol is giving her, I'm on a first name basis with them now. Uh, because <laughs> Captain Freeman's giving her all this like leeway, she feels compelled to be like nicer and like she think you know to like to like treat her mom like she's cool. And then there's like a weird kind of you know dynamic where they actually can't stand each other, but there's like a weird stalemate. I feel where they're they're just doing something that doesn't keep them fighting all the time even though it's yeah, not she, she, productive she wants to rebel she wants to be yeah. a rebel against mom uh before we go into the a story though i just wanted yeah. to talk about the the opening credit sequence that we got after the the teaser with the cardassian stuff uh, did either of you notice the uh, the changes to the opening credit sequence totally i, I noticed think, at yeah. least one i don't know if i if there was more than that then i didn't catch the others but they added they added some uh, pack led ships and some I guess Klingon ships to that battle. You know, it was Romulans versus Borg. Yeah, right? yeah. And I think that was just the show saying like the pack leds they are go they're going to be our Romulans or Borg or Klingons. Like they're <laughs> the big bad for this this show now. They're worthy to be here in this opening credit moment. And then I also I think the the CGI model of the Cerritos it looks a little different after it got refitted at the end of last season. And and there's just like more detail, like for example, the the creature that's latched onto the nacelle, you can actually see little pieces. Yeah, of it, it moving had around like more glowy bits, more on glowy it. bits on it, and like I feel like yeah, just overall, there's more detail and oh, and then the composer uh, whose name is Chris me Westlake, the... I believe. Thank right? you. Isn't yeah, he yeah he said that uh, unlike before, where they all recorded their pieces separately and it was a, a smaller arrangement, they actually re-recorded the opening uh credits with a 60 piece uh orchestra so mm. uh so, so that a got a, a nice boost yeah and, and you can tell I, I i actually went back and compared it and you can tell there's like a nicer uh, a richer sound to it yeah i want to do a, a a comparison of, of the visuals and just see what all the changes are again i haven't had time because i've been at the convention and yeah. seeing a bunch of cool panels and sounds and like cool you're making actors. excuses captain father no, i'm just kidding instant father instant father sorry yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> do i look like captain material <laughs> we, we can get into the the a story I'm, sh the... I'm sure you could pull it off in lower decks so. <laughs> yeah well freeman's that's a pretty low bar uh but let's get let's get into that let's talk about uh the, the planet a apergos i think is how they said it yeah um, the apergosians <laughs> yeah so that's you know one of their second contact missions i guess they are uh setting them up they I, I guess like they go and like they install your internet when you join the federation <laughs> yeah. like they, they come and do like the instant they're, they're like the dude who comes to like set up this your internet basically frequency. Yeah. it actually is a perfect example of what second contact would be about and why people right. would consider it lame i i actually loved the idea of it um yeah. it did have the the thing and voyager did this a whole lot bring me more pads like a single pad has got to hold what like 
a, a bazillion gigs in the 24th century? How many numbers do you need if, if you're if well, you've got two whole DS9 pads worth of numbers? So was... like a lot of times Cisco would have like ten pads on his desk. Yeah, well, is, one can assume so that's Picard. a multiple monitor thing, or basically like a, a you know somebody people kept coming in and giving him pads for for various reports, <laughs> sure. and they just hasn't gotten away to put, putting them away. Whereas Voyager, they're like, I've got the old logs from the Raven, and they open a crate, and it's a whole bunch of pads in a rack, and I'm like, how many log entries did they make? Is, there's more data there than the Library of Congress. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I did like Mariner's mission here where she is like, oh, yeah, like these people have all this polluted art from, I guess, like their their older times, their ancient days. But their the antiquity, yeah. They, yeah. they dirtied it all up. So I, I want to go down there and clean it. And yeah, or uh, Freeman's excuse is like, you know, the Federation wouldn't spend resources on that because the Federation or Starfleet doesn't value aesthetics. Which but is yeah, total bullshit. Well, Have you looked at their ships? Ugly ships and ugly <laughs> uniforms. But most of the time, like, there is, like, some obvious, like, intention to be a yeah, little stylish, yeah. you know? Somebody put wood on Picard's bridge. Wood, <laughs> yeah. big, that big wooden arch. They clearly... Yeah. They, 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 they clearly value aesthetics. Uh, yeah. So I thought that... I mean, I could get how... I, I assumed it was in relation to... They, we don't criticize new first contacts for having dirty planets. That might actually be in the rule books. You know, we, we don't judge flat new co first contacts or second contacts because there's dirt, uh, there's litter on the streets, you know? And so I can say, okay, that's kind of what she's talking about there is that in this context, Starfleet doesn't prioritize <laughs> aesthetics. But. but I like the nature of that mission. And I like that when it does activate the, the strange energies, <laughs> uh, that I said with with air quotes for people listening to me who couldn't see that, uh, but with it, it was actually ransom was like not being a, an asshole in that moment. He's like trying to like save Mariner. He's trying to like move her out of the way. Like he like ran in like took the blast from the, the from the strange energies again <laughs> with the air quotes. Uh, but yeah, and then we get like that transformation into uh, the the super ransom or whatever we want to call him. I don't know the uh... <laughs> the the ransom on the mount. Uh, yeah, Ransom so on the Mount. Yeah, they named, they named the, the thing in the episode. It, it, it eventually just turns into like that giant head. So he, like, he, he, when, he, when he gets the God abilities, like he literally gets like a big head. And he's, you know, he, he fills up. I, we had a comment earlier when we were talking about Freeman and Mariner and their insecurities. Uh, it was our uh, longtime uh, audience member, Michael Stepniak. Hi, Michael. Ooh, shout out. He said the exploration of the character's insecurities was the most compelling part of the episode, like down to Ransom being so happy to be validated. So, yeah, he, he felt he felt unseen and he felt overlooked. And now he's like, no, I am like this, this, this great, awesome entity and took it a little too far. And <laughs> that's where things got uh, got cartoony and fun. But, you know, the original series did have crazy things like space gods and. Uh, hands grabbing ships and stuff like that. So it's not I, out there. Yeah, that part I, of it was I was okay with. Yeah, I, I, was, I like, didn't object to the idea of what they did. I just got bored with it. I it wasn't so much that they shouldn't do this in lower decks, just that I'm not laughing anymore. So uh, so you know, there's a problem here. 
Uh, I liked uh, I liked I, that they showed the uh, TAS animated style Gary Mitchell on the display screen when they were look, like <laughs> when they were doing research about the strange energies. That was so. They did that last season too with uh, with um, Kirk and I think it was just Kirk or Kirk and Spock uh, also. So I thought that was yeah, really funny. It was Kirk and Spock um, when they were on Beta Three. You know yeah. what's cool about that is our friend Aaron Harvey, who does the drawn to trek podcast where they talk about all the animated star treks and also literally wrote the book on the animated series Mm -hmm. he met mike mcmahon at the season two premiere and he said that mike mcmahon told him they used that book that the ultimate guide or the complete guide to the animated series uh they use that when they're working on lower decks, whenever they're they're thinking about referencing something from the animated series. Oh, that's amazing! That's such a cool thing that Aaron must have been so uh, so so pleased to hear that. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, that was that was really cool. But yeah, we, you uh, Tiana learned from the uh, learned from Kirk. You know, she wanted to use a boulder to stop him, but it turned out all you had to do is just kick him in the nuts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, the boulder did the final trick. Because if you notice, like, uh, she's kicking him, kicking him. He still keeps, like, recharging. <laughs> and then when the boulder uh, lands on him, you hear, Pew! and that's when everything reverses. <laughs> like, it was so, so the boulder did the final trick, and I, I love that. <laughs> are, are we okay with the idea that that boulder didn't kill him? Because yes. once his superpowers go away, I would think it'd be pretty much all over. Or at least, okay, he's going to need, a, we can save the head, but he's going to need a new body. You know, kind of level of... of, of medical crises here um he is so. he's in the recovery bed after so i'm sure they had to restore some of his structural integrity after that <laughs> i mean i literally thought when they first landed the boulder out oh my god they're gonna kill they are gonna kill ransom good on you oh no wait he's still alive uh, uh which uh, unfortunately they had pulled the exact same gimmick in a bad batch episode i just watched that where somebody really should have been dead but somehow magically was still alive uh um but uh i i mean are are are, we're cool with mariner basically using sexual assault to solve the problem that 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 that's we're down with that i mean i think that's a that's a legitimate attack in a in a (laughs) hand-to-hand combat situation yeah (laughs) i guess it's dirty fighting is what i would call it all right i mean yeah i guess i mean we we kind of give it a pass because it's a woman hitting a man but i still kind of feel like you know it's not just once it was like a whole bunch of times yeah i would i would have been okay with anyone kicking him in the balls i don't don't think it's the first time someone got kicked in the in the privates and in star trek yeah well yeah star trek sticks they make a big yeah yeah Yeah, no i'm not saying it it, it was when it kind of went on and again maybe is ransom supposed to represent some sort of toxic masculinity that 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 is literally being neutered by mariner or am i trying to read too much into this because he is kind of egotistical he's all about his big body he he is very much the kind of Riker dialed up to 11 Kirk Kirk-esque type character in previous episodes. And he is here, you know, literally obsessed with his own greatness to the point where he thinks he's a God. Uh, so I'm like, well, maybe, maybe I'm, maybe it's supposed to be a little bit about gender, you know, and, 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 and sexual harassment and stuff. The fact that he's just so 
over the top that yeah he we 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 need to neuter him literally to bring him to bring him down i don't know am i reading too much into that or it it kind of felt like that was the approach they took uh back when the substitute captain came and visited in season one and then he's hitting on her in the cerritos bar uh like they were kind of making him uh look like a jerk there and then had him be be the victim of, of a joke in that i think Ra- i think ransom definitely is on on the edge of a knife when it comes to that like he teeters into going into that toxic point but he has a fortunately he has a lot of people to kick him in the balls and keep him in line <laughs> uh mainly mariner but like i i think that like it's for me uh, i totally get what you're saying and i and i see it but for me it's one of those weird anomalies where only those two characters can get away with that dynamic, like Mariner and Ransom. Like, I feel like if it was anyone else, it would seem odd. But like the fact that it was Mariner and Ransom, it seems like just it seemed like kind of, you know, apropos. <laughs> uh, but but yeah, like the main point of this A story was to, I guess, well, give Ransom something to do. He got like a little bit of spotlight. But the primary objective, in addition to that, was to have... Uh, mariner and freeman kind of not get along and then decide like okay we're still gonna like work together but like not as much like we need like a little bit of space but that kind of confused me the first time i watched it because i was like oh they just like ended the first season like the two of these being like okay we need to like team up and you can like uh, i'll just look the other way when you want to go like do some of this important stuff that needs to be done and i'm like oh they're undoing that now but then like i watched it the second time and i understood like oh wait they're actually like still going to maintain that working relationship but just uh with a little bit more distance now yeah i i i guess why not do an episode where we see them working together and it causing problems as opposed to putting one on the planet and one on the ship and and really you know i i don't know i just felt like it was an odd episode for them to learn that lesson um uh yeah, I, 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 I guess, yeah, I liked, a lot weird that they need to give each other a bit more space when, in fact, there was probably about an average of 40,000 kilometers between them for most of the story. I was really liking how Captain Freeman was kind of assert- reasserting herself and almost like it, it seems like she's kind of lost control of the command in a way, like her daughter's taking advantage uh, mm-hmm. and then, you know, and then <laughs> Ransom's like feeling but heard and left out and like you know so it sounds like she's she was like at a point where she wasn't really like leading and so finally when uh um uh mariner keeps saying no you've got to you've got to make you know give him more energy blast him with the torpedoes and she's like no i'm gonna do it my way and it actually starts working and i was really happy about it but then it of course it's undermined <laughs> with with mariner just kicking him in the in the well, you know no, and, and like, it stopped working it stopped working because i guess it freeman, did yeah freeman it did kind of stop working go that right. extra step and tell him like oh yeah yeah like you're good enough like you could be you're good enough to be a captain ship. that's right that's right it's, like, she, yeah she literally said like uh 
Mm-mm, mister, this is my ship or something. Like I that. love yeah, that yeah. part, by the way. I, lo- I loved when she like yeah. got sassy and she just let him know like whose ship it was. That was yeah, so I awesome. That's, like, that's gonna be like the famous Captain Freeman line. Right uh-uh, right this now. is my ship, honey. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, I, I feel like there's another version where Ransom was the responsible one, at least at the beginning. And it's not that he's butt hurt; it's that he thinks she's. The command a structure of the ship is being eroded by the fact that 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 the that 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 Mariner has effectively become the new first officer of the ship, and that the captain goes along with almost everything she says, and that this is causing problems and and uh, giving Mariner this much power and not putting any brakes on Mariner, and that he has these legitimate concerns and then when he gets godified it turns into i should be the goddamn captain not you because you're screwing it up and eventually at the end she freeman realizes you're right i have been screwing it up and then the whole thing deflates and i think that would have been a slightly stronger message uh that would have made ransom look like less of a uh, of a uh, made ransom look useful albeit a problem when he's trying to eat the ship still you still but get it all wouldn't that have ended with the the big gag of mariner kicking him in the balls so that's why they didn't go i, I can that. live without that gag <laughs> i know but they they wanted to be they wanted to be an animated comedy that like the adult swim audience will, will i mean that's, that's we could even have like the doctor the sacrifices we make we could have even had the doctor say, well, the only way to actually get this God energy out of him is to force him to fe- experience extreme pain. Oh, I got this, says Mariner. And she just runs over it, even though he's no longer threatening the ship. She just starts kicking him in the balls. And I, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> and I just remember, Brian, I just remembered, I think that they they had like a little bit of, of self-consciousness about about her assault on, <laughs> on Ransom because he did, uh, when he started to like come to, he thanked her. He was like, oh, yeah, I was totally going and saying, you know, thank you for doing that. Then she yeah. kicked him again because his eyes started glowing a little bit. And that made me laugh. I thought that was kind of funny. Yeah, the no. came down. <laughs> I, I'm um, not saying it wasn't funny. I just sometimes think I took just trying to take a step back and being a bit more objective about it. And I was like, is this what we want in our Star Trek? But um, so, so they're really, I mean, the Mariner, they, at the end, they act like the Mariner-Freeman relationship caused this problem but looking over it i don't see how it caused any of the problems yeah there was a little argument about whether or not to use the torpedoes but the captain was the person with the torpedoes who whose job it was to make the decision and she made the decision and the story moved on i mean yeah there it didn't seem like there were any big problems that came out of their relationship in this episode but at the end they kind of act like there were big problems that came out of their relationship well i think they were just getting on each other's nerves right like like yeah. Freeman was was pissed that Mariner wouldn't follow direct orders, and Mariner was pissed that Freeman wouldn't just back off and and let her handle it her way because she thought she knew what she was doing. Yeah, well, I what orders did Mariner break in this episode? Because they haul her off to the brig at the end for break, disobeying orders. Which orders did she disobey in this episode? Wasn't it when Freeman was like, I'm going to talk him down, and then Mariner kept trying to fight him? 
I don't know if it's very explicit in the episode, but I do think she's been waiting three months to put her in the brig. I mean, she's done lots of things in other episodes that make it feel like she should be thrown in the brig. But I, it, when I went back the second time, I was looking, trying to figure out what it was she was being thrown in the big brig for at the end of this episode, and I came up with nothing. <laughs> I'm so. happy to I'm happy to chalk it up to just uh, Freeman getting her like like her. Uh... It's like when your mom sends you to your room. That's what the brig is like for Mariner. Like she even says the brig doesn't have an effect on her. You know, I know she could probably like confine her to quarters. So it's, but it's like still annoying. You have to go to the brig and everyone's going to talk crap about you being in the brig and stuff like that. Yeah. So I, I see it more as she her. She loves like, going to the brig though. Well, yeah. I but... know she does love it. She's even drawing like crayon castle and stuff yeah. like that. It's, I did love the part where she's like, I do what I want. <laughs> like, that's the like, thing. Like a couple, yeah. couple, I remember teenager me saying, I do what I want. <laughs> And, and you could have still had that moment. You could have said, had Freeman say, all of this chaos on the planet is not going to look good for, for when Starfleet Command finds out about it. And then could Mariner says, listen, just say you didn't give me permission to go clean those buildings. It'll all be my fault. Throw me in the brig and your record's clean. And she goes, you do that for me? And she goes, yes. And they go, well, fine. Off to the brig with you. And, she's, and, and you know, it just unfolds like that. Uh, and you could have still had the Mariner likes being thrown in the brig gag. Uh, <laughs> and, and it would have had them like working together by not working together, which I think would have been fun. We do need to move on because I have to I have to end on time uh, because I have oh. a reservation uh, for on the, on the roof of the Rio for a, a, a steak from the Voodoo Steakhouse. How but, fancy. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna we don't want to make you this, late to your steak. I'm going to try to wear this uh, Starfleet uniform into there and we'll see what happens. That's awesome. But just just two more things on the A story. Just just real quick reactions from both of y'all. Then we, we'll move on to the B story. One, Ransomites. And B, <laughs> Stevens. I think he was a lieutenant, but Steve, the, the guy who's like a Ransom fanboy. Uh, <laughs> What are your thoughts on, on either one of those things? Because I thought the Ransomites were really weird when people started turning into, like, <laughs> they started turning into Ransoms and started working out. I thought of the Master from, right. uh, from End Doctor of Who Time, <laughs> and, and the End of Time two-parter, where the, the Master turns everyone on the Earth into the Master. Uh, yeah, that was that's weird, what, too. Um, I was, I mean, okay, fine. They're, they're, they're you know, come up with... As far as a weird god thing to do, sure, why not? I, I had no particular objection to it. The, 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 the leader was like, my constituents! <laughs> That's yeah. right, he said that. <laughs> he, was a, he was a funny character. I liked him. I think all the ass-kissing from Stevens worked beautifully with that gag when he's like, make me a ransom. <laughs> like, that's, like where, the that's where it went too far for me. Really? Yeah, I like, oh, I, I loved it. I thought the idea, I thought the idea of Stevens is that's really funny. funny. But then when he sees this happen and his reaction, his reaction is like, like, oh, uh, do me too. And like, yeah, I'll worship you as a god. It was like, no, he should have actually been like really concerned about what the hell was going on. And it was at that point in the episode where like that, that reminder in my brain kicked in. And it's funny because then like I almost like immediately forgave it. Cause, but I was like, oh, yeah, but this also has to be an animated comedy. As much as it has to be a Star Trek show, it has to be an animated comedy. See. 
I, I almost put that under the, is this really the prime timeline heading? But then I said, you know, by this point, he's got, got God powers. He's messing with everything around with him. He could actually be messing with the poor guy's brain. So he yeah. isn't thinking rationally. That's a good in point. He was in Mariner's head. He was in Mariner's yeah. head. Yeah. He was yeah. There. So uh, that, that was my that was head joke. Yeah. Oh yeah. That was good. <laughs> I do that wish they'd good. gone a little deeper into lore and I wish that Stevens was like uh, the doctor who has the Esper who also gets godlike, in, uh, and so he becomes like his. What does he call him? His buddy or like his? What, what's what was the thing that he calls? I think it was little buddy and big little buddy. Like yeah, buddy. I I wish little buddy had also like kind of gotten godlike and they descended together upon you know on the on the mountain and well, we're looking over you, everyone. You can, write that, you can write that fan fiction. But we, <laughs> sure. we, we got to move on to the B story and talk about that. <laughs> the Tindy and Rutherford stuff. Uh, Rutherford trying to get back to life after losing his memory and and him and Tindy trying to continue the friendship. I guess they just kind of had like the reset button yeah. uh, hit on. They, and I, I, I do want to say the opening of the scene for this plot line is they do one of those shots from outer space and then zoom into the window. Um, so you see exactly where their, 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 their quarters are um, or their hallway or whatever it is. Uh, barracks, I guess that's the word. Um, and yeah, those windows on the on the edge of the saucer section are about like seven feet tall. So there's five decks, minimum five, maybe six, that on the edge of that saucer section. That ship is like easily the size of that saucer is easily the size of Picard's saucer as far as total volume. That thing is huge. I, we've discussed it before, and the MSDS put like two decks on the edge of the ship, but. No, not the when they did that zoom in. That thing is that thing has got to be like at least the size of Picard saucer, maybe probably even bigger. So, I hope someone does like an actual like like those EC Henry type videos where they like go judging <laughs> by this here, from going from the size of a tricorder, a standard tricorder, and comparing it to you know like going from there. Yeah, and, like, I, I had been and... saying three decks at the edge, assuming the windows were about two feet tall, uh, three feet tall, but they're actually seven feet tall. So yeah, <laughs> that's twice the size of uh, what I thought. <laughs> that's funny but i really like the tendy storyline as i as i already alluded to there was actually some stakes to this uh and i like tendy and rutherford a lot so so i was instantly you know worried about them and concerned uh i i didn't really feel like rutherford was ever in any danger from his brain thing i was pretty sure that was just tendy chasing a rabbit but yeah, the, but the smd I, the synthetic memory degradation yeah, yeah. Did you? Did either of you think that there was any chance that that there was a serious problem with him? Or no? no I mean, I, I know I, he's going think, through uh... he's going through some kind of changes. I, uh, I, I, my, my mother had brain surgery, and there were slight differences after before and after so i just equated it to that like it's mm -hmm. it's a similar thing like oh before she didn't like pears and now she does that kind of you know that kind of thing and so um but ultimately that was the storyline that like both of the storylines together made it very enjoyable but like i i think for me this was like the uh the storyline where i was just a little confused at first uh and i was just like why are we going back to this like kind of you know this weird dynamic and and all that i wanted to see a little bit more caring and a little bit m less mania from tendy but i did upon further viewing really warm up to that plot too and especially the 
whole gag with uh, Lieutenant Barnes and Cetacean Ops and all that. It was like just, I was just like, all I want to do is swim with girls. I love that part. It's just, yeah. it was like such a funny thing. I love, I love that they brought back Barnes and like they recreated like, yeah, that. It was really the funny. First episode. Yeah. And yeah. it's even like Mariner's reaction, like the introduction of Rutherford in that first episode when Tindy came on board. And uh, he was saying that he had a, a date with her, and Mariner was like, "Oh, is it, is it Ensign or Lieutenant? I thought it was Ensign." I think it was Barnes. Lieutenant Barnes, yeah. But when, when Mariner's like, "Oh, she's hot," and she's like, "Wait, this sounds familiar." <laughs> yeah. The uh, I love the fuck pairs because that's <laughs> yeah, a, a that's a punchline from an Eddie Izzard stand up routine. So oh, I, I didn't like, catch that. I yeah, didn't realize I'm that's pretty what sure it it's deliberate. Oh, he he cool. did the whole thing about how he hates pairs, and and the kind of the punchline is yeah. Fuck. That's amazing. Yeah. That's a really cool <laughs> reference. And then I liked. Uh, yeah, we're never really supposed to take Tindy too seriously. I think I think they kind of uh, tip their hand and show to us that you know, like she's going a little overboard early on. Uh, but I just loved her like running around with the medical gun, whatever that. Uh, yeah, that the tactical is. assault medical dispenser. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that thing. She just got the case and puts it all together. And it's this huge. <laughs> I just had a brilliant idea. Like uh, all of these uh, jerks that can get vaccinated, but they're just choosing not oh, to. Oh, that's what we if need. Had that, just like run around, like shoot the vaccine into them. Skip the people who like for medical reasons, obviously, but all the, yeah, all the, the anti-science, anti-vaxxers. I, I I want that Tindy gun now. What did she call it? Medical venom, which is really funny. Yeah, medical <laughs> venom was hilarious. Yeah, I didn't even. Sometimes if I hear like a weird thing, I, if I don't remember it, I'll 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 just search it on Memory Alpha to see if it was ever used before. It's like I'm not gonna look that one up. I know that there's, no, there's no medical venom in Star Trek. I yeah. remember the medical venom. Venom. Yeah. Uh, uh. Um, but, uh, the, the only thing that bothered me there was when they're having that that heart to heart moment, and I liked the way it was written and the way it was played out. And it's just with they they're showing like out the window the giant ransom head attacking them. I was like, yeah, well, y'all like have different. something else to be worried about right now. <laughs> oh, see, see that. I, it, I just head cannon that okay the turbo lifts must have failed or something and they're stuck on that deck so they have nothing to do but deal with their personal issues because they but can't there's get... the the ransom heads outside in the background eating yeah. the nacelles no no that, that's that was, what I, I that, that was the that. funniest gag <laughs> yeah, in the that was whole really thing funny. for me yeah. as far as just because for once. The, the ransom gag worked because the camera wasn't pointed at ransom. It was just kind of going on in the background. And I like the fact that <laughs> even the, even the characters in the show have stopped paying attention to this overdone joke. And, and the, like it's just desperately seeking attention in the background <laughs> and they don't care. And, and, and I thought that was hilarious. And it's that is dying funny. the cell. <laughs> oh God. I love that so much. Uh, I, I I know it was silly. I, I had to head cannon that they couldn't get to the bridge or, or whatever their red alert stations are. I just because of damage to the ship or something. But but I, I did. Like... You can also just read it that they're like so. Uh, they're they're both like so like invested in their friendship that that's all they were focused on at the time. You know the other stuff didn't matter. 
I mean, it's admittedly, a very if somebody was interpretation, but yeah, <laughs> admittedly, if somebody was chasing me with a gun, shooting unknown stuff at me, and talking about cutting my brain out, <laughs> I wouldn't care about the fly, big flying head, the big flying head anyone. outside either. Brian, not just anyone, but like your best friend, your best buddy. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so from Rutherford had a good excuse to not care. Uh, <laughs> Tendi is perhaps dereliction of duty charges. She deserves to be thrown in a brig more than uh, than Mary does in this episode (laughs) any other thoughts on the b story before we talk about that uh that boimler ending i um i liked i I enjoy tendy i think she's uh she and rutherford are some of my favorite characters so i I was glad that they got they took this opportunity with no boimler to focus a stronger spotlight on them uh yeah i like i mean that felt like the most lower decks part of it since mariner was kind of now unintentionally an upper decker right like she's hanging around with the upper decks thing so yeah that definitely felt like the most lower decks part of it um and 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 yeah like i said my initial reaction was like i was not like i was kind of surprised at the opener because i wasn't expecting it to be this i i kind of had like this other expectation but not a bad thing just that's how it was you know like uh, but like, again, I've warmed up to it and I really think it's a strong opener and I just love all the, I do love all the, the, the gags they were doing between, especially the Lieutenant Barnes thing, like repeating the same mistakes over and over. And she even, she even like at the end when they hug, she, she's like, don't date Lieutenant Barnes or something like, <laughs> like she sneaks that in there as if it's like, you know, like, like that was the whole thing. Uh, well, I don't well, think we Mariner, t- <laughs> Mariner told her to tell him. But she's clearly afraid of confronting him too directly. Right. So she's right, like, right. just quickly jump, throws it jump out throws there. Jump throws it out in, there. In yeah, oh, that's great. Then, that's true. She kind of like, yeah, yeah she has that moment. Know, I, I quickly blurt it out right now and, and then, you know, <laughs> hope that nobody brings it up ever again. So. And, and I just, I loved the part where she was electroshocking him. <laughs> Let's see. What is it, Lieutenant? It's an Ensign. She's an Ensign. Whoops. Whoops. <laughs> official we gave her a promotion uh she has uh, we, lieutenant she has a lieutenant like maturity to her i don't know uh but that I, I was i did love the wouldn't <laughs> shut up about the symbiote yeah yeah <laughs> that was great <laughs> that was yes, really funny is, too that was a good lieutenant, guy or, i'm sorry no you got me backwards she has ensign barnes just, ensign one, barnes. just wanted everyone to know i don't know if this got is it right I don't know if this is true, but I liked the atmospherics were a little bit more. There was like an actual like soundtrack, like a loungy music playing in uh, the Cerritos uh, lounge. Like like uh, music that would be like, it sounded like in, it was like in the bar. Yeah, like in the bar music. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Like if it was playing yeah. there. And I don't remember any of that in season one. So maybe that was happening. I don't know. But hmm. that was cool. I and, like uh, that. I like that idea. If that's yeah, true. yeah. I, I wish they had that in 10 forward. Cause I think 10 forward never had music really playing unless they were doing like a concert or something like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it was, they, it was a they, nice they little had touch. that party on discovery where they were all dancing. To oh, that's right. The, that's was right. The song anyway. Yeah. But that, that was kind of like that. There wasn't people performing the song. It was clearly just played <laughs> off tape. So. Like, like uh, music, like elevator music. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But bar music, whatever you want to call it. Like, but it was all, yeah, it was all, it was all very nice. Uh, nicely done everything looks a little more polished a little bit more you know the timing is a little bit sharper and everything it's all it's all you could see the improvement and i like what trek on the tube said whereas it didn't feel like you were getting a reinvention it did feel like a continuation of the show that you fell in love with in season one so even if it wasn't like yeah. a, a pow unlike band, discovery you know, like, <laughs> which every yeah every season, season it's something and i i think season two of picard 
is going to be a oh a, interesting kind of we'll a see how it goes yeah one. we'll see how it goes but yeah not lord x lord x kind of you know and he's totally right it had it feels like the same show like it doesn't feel like you could watch them back to back and you wouldn't know you switch from one season to the other really yeah just like mm-hmm. okay there is a few months gap yeah other other than that it, it yeah it would just be like going from one episode to the next but right but let's talk about the cap on the end of the episode <laughs> yes <laughs> the transition to i bet boimler's having the time of his life to boimler is screaming for his life during a battle with the uh, the pack leads and they, they they named those pack led ships apparently they're called war harpies war, <laughs> war harpies <laughs> last season i wanted to call them war turkeys oh i like that i i think they're not like they're so like kind of clunky and <laughs> war turkeys loaded that they would be like war turkeys instead of war birds but but they're war harpies or at least that's what the uh what the, the caption said on on paramount that's pretty Plus. funny and uh, I, I don't know what a gluonic no, no. disruption is i think that was something new but there's <laughs> Yeah, like yeah. the Titan goes into some space anomaly during this yeah. battle. And I, I, I mean, gluons are a su- gluons are a subatomic particle, so I'm sure it's supposed to be tied in with that somehow. But like a uh, like a IRL subatomic particle <laughs> in real IRL. life. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> gluons are an, in real life. Most yeah. of the subatomic particles they throw around in Star Trek are yeah, real particles, yeah. even if they don't actually do the things that that we see on the show. Yeah, there's, the gluons, muons, there's gluons and muons, I think, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, so subatomic guess... particles have weird names, fathery. Yeah, like Higgs boson and (laughs) (laughs) the um the the big thought I had from the end of this is we see Riker making more of his jazz metaphors and then shouting "I love this job" as he flies into this anomaly being attacked with his ship being attacked, and I felt like okay, that's kind of like right the Riker we know, but dialed up to 11. Like, he might be thinking, ah, I love being a captain, but he wouldn't say, I love this job as the ship gets attacked. So I was like, is this the key we need to decode lower decks? The, the difference between real, or, you know, live action Riker and, and, and lower that. decks Riker, it, that difference is the difference we need to apply when decoding what everyone else does, because I, I think it's we 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 could debate whether or not Freeman Captain Freeman would or would not do this or that or the other things, but we have a pretty good grip on what Riker would and would not do. We have years, seven years worth of data on 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 his what he would would not say if he was in command of a starship in those situations, and I feel like like uh, like maybe that is the key to figuring out you know what happens in the prime universe versus what happens in the lower decks version the lower decks universe as prime yeah but that's what well then what's your rationale for what happened to riker what happened to riker that's I mean, the new it's, question. it's inconsistent writing because they want they want this riker to play more for an animated comedy yeah well, I, I that's why I feel like we're not necessarily getting the 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 version that that every that we we would get if we saw this live action. So yes, uh, I mean, I think he would say that. something. I think he would say something like, I mean, in a situation like 
this he might say something he might have some kind of catchy phrase it wouldn't be i love this job but he might have said something like like brace yourself you know in that same tone or whatever like here we go you know i don't know yeah something, yeah maybe here we yeah, go here or we something. go or something can, like that like know, i said right? it is Riker. it's just Riker dialed up to 11 where where whereas you know he's normally at an eight or something um <laughs> and and so i can totally imagine that he's thinking in his head you know, I love this job as he has this really cool plan to take out these war harpies and, and he's he's just loving it. But him saying it out loud just feels like that we've stepped into slight, some slight variation of Star Trek from where the Riker we know lives. Yes, um, but I, I don't know. Like, I can't, I, 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 we've had so much like debates of like, is this show canon? Is that show canon? And like, no, like they're all canon. They're all prime universe. It's just, yeah, I, I, I'm certainly accepting it as canon. Different. I just uh, kind of question: Is this some slight variation of the prime timeline? <laughs> I th I think what you have I think what you have to do is like, uh, kind of this is the time. This is th this show may be the show that does that. Like, because I think it will actually help with a lot of incongruities in Star Trek. Like, you know, there's a lot of people that have a lot. I don't, but there's a lot of people who have problems with TOS. They can't reconcile TOS because for them, Star Trek is the TNG era. And like, so when they go back and watch TOS, it's hard for them yeah. to parse how this could be the same Star Trek as what I'm, I, what I grew up watching, like, you know, Voyager yeah. and, and, and stuff like that. And I think this show is going to help people kind of like let go of that kind of like, uh, be less stingy about it and like just focus on the bigger picture if you will yeah i'm yeah. not trying to like don't I'm not, don't yeah. worry about continuity but still pay attention to the con east the gorneggs <laughs> yeah <I guess laughs> which so, are all exactly. continuity oh continuity, literal right. manifestations yeah, of, uh, of, of continuity. continuity but like not even don't pay attention to the continuity but just don't pay attention i'm gonna call it this this is a thing i made up just now the micro continuity right like there's a big continuity there's an overall continuity that's just like the big picture bullet point right and then there's like the little things like oh yeah that's not Riker Riker shouldn't act like that like Riker would never say that you know which we can say with confidence knowing Riker through like all these adventures and TV shows but it's still it's micro continuity it's not necessarily affecting anything it doesn't change like it doesn't change anything about Riker really when you think about it it doesn't like alter his character well, that, that's why I was saying using it as a as a a guide for how no, that's to what I love. Yeah, like else. a keystone. Yeah, yeah I love yeah. that. That's like the like the the way Rosetta you have to, Stone. The Rosetta Stone, or yeah, I was really yeah. tuned into that because that actually, when you said that, that helped me kind of understand and parse what I was trying to say. It's a similar yeah. vibe. Yeah, exactly. I love that idea. And Kirk, you know, like you could call the visuals of the Enterprise the keystone for maybe that. I'm I'm just throwing things out, but like the TOS keystone. There's a keystone for every major change yeah. in Star Trek, you know. And and Riker is it yeah. for for this one. The other thing I wanted to say about the the ending with Boimler was that I was very surprised uh, that they saved all of that for this very brief part of the episode. It almost felt like Boimler was never going to show up beyond like the fake Boimler, the hologram yeah. Boimler at the beginning. <laughs> and this is probably too much inside baseball for anyone to care about, but I'm gonna I'm gonna tell it to all of y'all anyways. <laughs> Whenever I am preparing my visuals for these shows that we do, I always have to make a uh, a thumbnail, and I use I typically use something that they've released in like the preview images for each episode every every new episode of star trek they release some preview images before that episode comes out to promote it i never look at those until after i've watched the episode 
because uh, I, I hate spoilers. I don't watch the the previews week to week. Uh, this time I, I made that early before I flew to Vegas. So I actually had to look at them. And I used the one that had Boimler and Riker on the Titan because I thought that would be kind of like a big focus point of this episode. And <laughs> it was just like a tiny little scene at the very end. Yeah. It's a terrible choice, so I apologize for it. And the, the other unfortunate thing with that is that I saw that this is the episode that's going to have Mariner and the Cardassians. And I was like, oh, no, I wish I could have been surprised by that. Fortunately, the episode opened with that, so yeah. I, I, I quickly uh, saw the, the the thing that I that I knew and wish I didn't know, and so it ended up not not really hurting I, anything. I was it surprised spoiled that... the first ten seconds of the episode. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I, I was really surprised because uh, the teaser had the ransom throwing shooting strange energy out of his his hands and spinning and i thought that was going to come much later i didn't expect it to be in the first episode either so i was a little like surprised as well <laughs> I, I did remember thinking oh I, I i suspect that's going to be a little one-off gag that occupies a minute worth of screen time with, with him spinning around yeah. with the rainbows yeah. and then when we got there the, not only was, was i wrong spot. yeah but I kind of felt like maybe it should have been scaled down a bit, but it did go on too long. So. By the way, like that, that is idea. my new favorite GIF. I've used it way too many times. Uh, and, I, and I've been using the word Excelsior a lot. <laughs> well, it's, also, well. it's also like uh, rainbow energy. So it's going to be uh, next June. I think it's going to be a very popular like uh, like pride yeah. GIF. And they, uh, and they revealed the first shirt in the Star Trek shirt collective for Lower Decks, uh, and it is Ransom. It's a it's a cool design. It's different from how it's on the show. It's a it's a unique design for the shirt, but it is him doing the 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 energy, the strange energy thing. So that's cool. Well, I, I do have I do have some gourd eggs to run through, but before I do that, I just want to give both of y'all an opportunity to if if you had, if you didn't get it all out of your system, if you had any remaining. Uh, thoughts that you want to end on uh, before we uh, wrap up this conversation. I'll just say I'm excited about the season. Uh, Mike McMahon said, uh, whatever you think is happening, it's it's going to be way crazier than that. And <laughs> so don't even try to like figure it out. And so I'm looking forward to, to whatever is coming. Uh, I think next episode, it looks like it's going to take place on the Titan and I'm, or a lot of it will. And I'm really excited about that. Okay. Uh, yeah, I don't have much to add. I, I, I'm looking forward to the season. I am. I am hoping that I will be wowed by the next episode. Okay. <laughs> what, is, well, what is he cracking open? I'm gonna here? crack open a beer. <laughs> nice. Uh, while I run through these Gorn eggs, and I'm gonna go eat my steak. I love um, it. <laughs> but like I said, I haven't had much time. I've been busy. I might have skipped uh, over some Gorn eggs. So if I did. Feel free to tweet at me, comment on the YouTube video, comment on the Facebook post. Let me know if I missed anything. And if so, I'll uh, let everyone know next week, hey, this person found the uh, Gorn egg that I missed. But just uh, starting off at the very beginning, uh, you know, we open with the Cardassian torture scene very clearly an homage to Chain of Command. Uh, that uh, sh uh, hangar bay that had the USS McDuff. I thought it also reminded me of the one where O'Brien gets captured by Cardassians. Uh, what what reminded you of it? The 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 lighting, the walls, the mm. the way they set up the room felt much more okay. like post DS nine Cardassian architecture. That's what I was wondering if there's like a yeah, it was a good fusion of like TNG Cardassians and DS nine Cardassians. 
which kind of bothered me because we were talking about how, like shouldn't Cardassians be a little bit different now post Dominion War? But it was all holodeck program, so who knows? Yeah, I was wondering if like something on like that excruciator table was like like a device used like pull O'Brien's tooth out or something like that. <laughs> I just did not have time to go and check that stuff, so sorry. But uh, the the ships in the hangar bay, I, I haven't had time to freeze frame and look at all of them, but the ones that I I did see there is a a, a runabout. What's it, the 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 Danabu did. Du- Duna Bay, Danube, Danube. Danube, the Danube, yeah, Danube. Danube. like the yeah, blue whatever. Danube, the yeah, one in like Germany, river. the the Danube River in Germany. Okay, I only know that word because of the runabouts, and I, I mainly like see it written in like the technical manuals and stuff. If I'm not mistaken, it's the river in which the Ring Maidens live in the Ring Cycle, and uh, and that's where the uh, the Rhine Maiden. Sorry, no, that's the Rhine River. My bad. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> I'm confusing Lord of the Rings and 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 German mythology. I apologize. Yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> that was a little weird, but sorry. There, yeah, we had the the runabout. There was, uh, of course, the McDuff as a Miranda class. Even had like the bridge from Wrath of Khan. Uh, there's a Jimadar fighter. There was a Baldur Romulan warbird, like the one from Star Trek from Nemesis. Nemesis, yeah. Yeah, there's the uh, the TOS uh, Romulan bird of prey, and there were those uh, like. Starfleet or Maquis fighters, those small little fighter ships. Uh, those are the ones I saw. Did they make clear what that room is supposed to be? Did you guys it just a room full of oddball ships was all I could pull from it? It, it seemed like they were uh, captured, captured vessels. Ships. So it was like a captured uh, vessel hangar or something like that. Yeah. So, yeah. And then uh, next up after that was, of course, the Gary Mitchell connection to the cage that we've already pointed out. Uh, also, after these are not nearly as fun to do without like the the, the visuals that I have on the screen. So sorry about that. Uh, the, the Sequoia, the shuttlecraft that uh, Shax uh, flew to that other ship on, was it looks like like uh, you know like he pushed Rutherford back. I just want to point out like it looks like like they're working on that. You know how they would hang out and like work on that shuttle. Mm-hmm. I saw the uh, the Sequoia, so it looks like they're going to continue to like uh, have oh. our lower deckers, you know, repairing that thing again. Yes, yes. Uh, their own Delta flyer. Ensign, not Lieutenant, but Ensign Barnes mentioned her sister just got a symbiont. I thought that was a really funny joke, by the way. She's like, ah, oh, she's so different now from the new personalities. No, because like she always wants to talk about having a symbiont. I was like, oh yeah, the trill humor. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> of course, you know, that was a reference to the the trill uh, and Citation Ops, uh, which I don't know if we got to keep counting this as a Gornag because it's it's now like a recurring thing in Lower Decks. And I think we so, might see it this season, this or next season. I'm not Mike, sure. Mike McMahon but... said we will see it in season two. Oh, that's so. cool. That's cool. Uh, and uh, speaking of Citations, uh, the mural or the painting that is revealed uh, above the Strange Energies thing, and it made me wonder if there was a connection with the uh, whale probe, looked like a humpback whale with like alien things on it. So it looked like an alien Citation. Yeah, I was wondering if it was supposed to be like a Gormagander connection or something. Oh like yeah, that, or maybe a Gormagander it, or something it, like that. It, yeah. it looked it looked unique enough that I I couldn't pin down if it was actually a reference to something. If it was, please let me know. Uh, after that, Rune Rutherford mentions the LSD thing, <laughs> uh, which Tindy was talking about the uh, SMD, the synthetic <laughs> memory degradation, but no LSD thing. I guess that was a callback to Star Trek Four uh, when. Kirk says Spock did a little too much LDS, and that's what they is kind of the the official unofficial acronym for Lower Decks is LDS, uh, according to uh, Van Sitters. Anyways, uh, after that, uh, there is the ransom hands, the God hands grabbing the ship. 
uh, obviously a reference to who mourns for Ad- Adonais. It's not Adonis. It's not. I know. Say it I right. know. It's Adonais. We learned that on uh, yeah. when you came on. Yeah, it's Adonais. Um, then uh, after that, uh, <laughs> Mariner refers to Ransom's crotch as his neutral zone. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, uh, I forgot to mention that. That is awesome. That's so, really funny. That sounds like an insult. You know, uh, neutral. Nothing <laughs> the, ever happens there. <laughs> the neutral zone. <laughs> yeah, the uh, the neutral zone first being established in Balance of Terror. <laughs> and then uh, my favorite Easter egg, or I'm sorry, Gorn egg of the episode was Stevens reading Nightingale Woman to Ransom. Nightingale is, Woman yeah. being a uh, a poem by the poet Tarbold written in 1996 on some planet and uh, quoted by Gary Mitchell in Where No Man Has Gone Before. Actually written by Gene Roddenberry. Yes, it was Gene Roddenberry's My Love Has Wings, which was a, a poem about um, his his love of, of airplanes. Like, yeah. Like, my love has wings, but also my love is a plane, so it has wings. <laughs> I wonder if Nichelle Nichols ever put that, that poem to music and sang it. I don't know. Um, maybe maybe we can get her to do that. She canceled Vegas, so I didn't see I her. But... And the the last Gornegg was uh, Riker uh, ta- referring to the jam session, uh, which was, uh, I guess, an acknowledgement of his uh, jazz music. What does he say? Too, too many licks and not enough comps? Yeah, I didn't understand it, the reference. So uh, maybe if you guys know, you can, terminology. you can explain it. That's cool. I don't know. I I, I play bass. Yes. I don't. I we don't have now added. We have techno babble and bio babble, and now we have jazzo babble. <laughs> jazzo babble. I love that. Jazzo babble. I like it. <laughs> but that's gonna be it uh, for the the night. I I did have another comment I wanted to share from parenthesis I who said, "Hey, Fathery, you're at STLV right now, right?" Did they have a big event for the grand premiere of the first episode of season two? There were some lower decks festivities yesterday. However, I didn't get to go participate in those. I was uh, busy uh, doing some some other stuff. Uh, but there there was a lot of talk yesterday about uh, lower decks. You know, like you want to be careful and like spoil things in front of other people if they haven't had a chance to watch it. But there there was a little bit of a, of lower decks energy, I think yesterday and there are a lot a lot a lot of cosplayers wearing the lower decks uniforms mike mcmahon was here at vegas two years ago the last time we had it in 2019 and they had just recently revealed the images of the lower decks crew it's crazy that it was like two years ago i feel like the show has been around for a while now but yeah uh, they, they had, had only just revealed them and mike mcmahon said i see none of you cosplayers are are cosplaying lower decks uniforms yet you know, that needs to change. The images are out there. Y'all make these costumes. Come on. <laughs> and, and now the very next STLV, I see lower decks uniforms all over the place. It's but pretty yeah, cool. Um, it is, is cool. McMahon, is it McMahon at the convention? Is he going to do a panel now not. that the first episode? Oh, so He's seems like, it ha- are they going to have a, a dedicated panel of somebody from, from the show talking about the first episode or there is doing uh, there's no one from the show here. I don't think. Oh, wow. Okay. Unless I'm forgetting some somebody. I might be. Uh, uh, apologies if I am. But I want to know what our audience thinks about it. So I encourage people to uh, let me know on here. I'll ask everyone on Twitter and Facebook. And uh, if we have time next week, we will read some of these comments and let your reaction be shared with the rest of our audience. And 
if you're if you're checking us out for the first time, you know, if 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 season two, episode one of Lord X is what brought you here to Text Track, please uh, let me reiterate that I I normally try to maintain like a little higher level of quality. I'm normally like not in a hotel room with this uh, this headset <laughs> that probably doesn't sound as good. Um, I typically have visuals for the the video audience that watches the video side of things, uh, but we try to keep everything uh, enjoyable if you're just listening to the podcast. So I, f- I feel like we've kind of mastered both. Of There's probably a playlist for season one of Lower Decks on Text Track that you could go and check and look at how we did it. It's pretty fun. Yeah, so that is uh, all that season one stuff is available. We cover all the new shows, Discovery, Picard. We're going to be doing Prodigy soon and then strange new worlds when that hits so uh definitely uh check us out i hope you come back and become part of the conversation with us and i need to close things down because as pj is reminding me i have a <laughs> steak to eat. if you're if <laughs> you're feeling up to it, fathery, if you're feeling up to it come on strafly boy after dark later and tell us all about your steak and and the con so okay i might i might be able to drop in from the awesome. uh, rooftop uh we'll, we'll see what happens <laughs> Uh, I will close things down with the traditional live long and prosper, y'all. Listen to the Text Trek podcast through Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or at text-trek.com. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash text-trek. And follow Fathery on Twitter at TXTrek. Please support us by liking our videos and subscribing to our channel on YouTube. Thank you and take care.